I'm Danita, and I'm here to question the other side of life with you, to show how exploring the shadow can be painful, but also sexy. We ask our listeners to unravel parts of themselves they try to hide, and this can be scary, and also bring moments of revelation and elation. In the next 15 to 20 minutes, we are going to question and move through fear and some avant-garde ideas that might make you feel rage, grief, sadness, and also joy. I'm going to share insights and personal experiences about how I've been embracing the dark so I can live in my light. Welcome to the other side. Good morning, Jen. Good morning, Danita. Do you think that's ever going to get old? Like, good morning, Jen. (laughs) I mean, we might have to ask people. I just feel so comforted by it because it's like, then I know where we are and what we're about to do. But you know what? Should we try something different? I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. I I mean, the the first thing I was going to ask you was, do you drink coffee? I love coffee. I love the taste of coffee. I love to smell coffee. But I'll tell you, I don't drink too much coffee because it really fires me up. Ooh, like what way? Just my heart is beating a mile a minute. I'm potentially filled with massive anxiety and I can't bring my energy down. And I think you know this about me. I already have quite natural energy as it is. Yep. But I love coffee. What about you? You know what? When we were colleagues, how long ago was it we were colleagues? Like working in the same office? Let me just look at my calendar. Would you say more than four years ago now? I think so. Which is mind-blowing. Bizarre. Yeah. Potentially potentially five. Yeah. Like a long time ago. That's crazy. Anyways, I never drank coffee at all and I had no interest in it. And then last year in Costa Rica, they had this amazing coffee. They have the best coffee. It was so good. And it was like lavender infused. I would always sip Kurt's coffee and it was so good. I've kind of got on the coffee train and now I find I have like something to talk about with people. Like people are really into coffee and I had no idea. Oh my goodness. No, people. Okay. So if I can just say, I was just visiting a friend in Boston. She is so obsessed with coffee. She will only go to like five certain spots. She knows about where the beans are from, how they roast them and so on and so forth. And someone said to her, like, have you been drinking coffee since you were like 14 years old? She was like, no, I only started after university, like late in life, like you, like a late to life coffee drinker. And now she will never stop. (laughs) This is your destiny. This is my first coffee I've had on the podcast, and I wonder where my energy is going to go with it, but I actually prefer like a, a dirty chai. So it's chai, tea, and coffee, and I foam coconut milk. And How I many am coffees like, would you drink in one day, though? Oh, max one. Like, I yeah. am already, okay. I'm going to be You're shocked already. already. I know it. <laughs> so you didn't want to start this podcast with, good morning, Jen. You wanted to be like, hiya. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. This actually brought... It kind of is relevant to the topic that I want to talk about today. How many people go for coffee with their friends and complain? Oh, I see where you're going with this. Uh-huh. Too many, I'm imagining. <laughs> going for coffee is such a social thing. And I find that when people go for coffee, you know, you talk about a lot of different things, but there's a lot of times kind of collectively complaining about something Like as a group, you're like, yeah, oh man, that was a tough one. You know, like you're complaining about work or you're complaining about your husband or complaining about your girlfriend, whatever, you're complaining about something, your kids, how busy life is. I was thinking about it the other day and you actually had mentioned a stat. What was that stat about 
Well, I wanted to tell you because I work remotely and most of my time is spent in coffee shops. Okay. Maybe I'm drinking tea in the coffee shop, but I am not trying to, but I am overhearing complaint trains beside me. We're talking constant and people come and go and it's like complaining about everything you could think of. But that's the reason I looked it up is because I was like, how much time does one actually spend complaining? The average is eight minutes a day, which doesn't feel like a lot. But I think from your perspective, you would have a reason why even eight minutes is far too many to complain a day. I mean, when you said eight minutes, like that's what, 53 hours a year? Uh, yes. Good job, mathematician. Exactly. No, yes. No, no. That yes, was definitely it, it not is, in my head. <laughs> the, uh, it's 53 hours of your time a year spent in a negative spiral potentially. Which then just basically brings me to this. I think there are going to be some things like complaining, the complaint train. When you're just out with your friends and it's almost like cathartic, you're like, I need to get this off my chest, like just release this complaint that I have. Okay, that's fine. And then if it is connected to like, say, problem solving, and it's less about like moaning and groaning and more about like- Talking it out. Talking it out or figuring it out. But then I guess, you know what? Sometimes it just feels good to moan and groan. Like you're just like, just let me have this small minute of complaint so I can just say what I need to say. And I don't think that's bad. You know, that's really interesting because just to get it off the chest, just to get it out into the universe, out into the world, just for that quick minute, then that's fine. But if you go back and rehash and bring it up yet again with another group that you meet later for coffee and we have a situation <laughs> potentially. Well, it's like over and over again. The point of that is that you didn't get it off your chest. Like it's still living within you. you like your body is still feeling it. Maybe you're out and it's providing this social connection. Like, you know, when you're complaining and everyone has the same complaint, it really makes you feel connected to other people. Yes, the community. The community aspect of complaining. I don't think that's bad. Listen, people will complain about the weather for the rest of our existence, right? <laughs> Things like that, where it's like, this will never change. You're in, you're out. We all know that seasons change. The complaints, they remain the same. They do remain the same. And you know what? That is so funny because one of the main things that people complain about is physical discomfort. Pain. Oh, really? Like injury. Yes. My shoulder hurts, my back hurts, because it's almost impossible not to. You know what I mean? Like, if you're in so much physical pain, like, how do you not complain about that? It's all you're thinking about. You're yeah. feeling it constantly. Or when you're hungry, like, oh, <laughs> that's so funny. You can't think about anything else but, like, get me some food or thirsty. You know, like these things that are like, they're just causing you the most physical discomfort. Yes, discomfort. <laughs> I'm so cold. I'm so hot. It's so hot. I'm sweating. I'm so frozen. I need a jacket. Why are my toes so cold? <laughs> <laughs> like your brain almost can't, like, I mean, you can train your brain. You can't for physical discomfort, for sure. Like people that are doing the cold plunges, like they, you can train your body to withstand. The whole idea is that in general, like those physical discomforts, they're going to be big complaint points. Oh, it makes sense. Yeah. And then other ones are things like frustration, lack of control like just big disappointments in life, general annoyances. From my coffee shop complaint train that I have overheard, 
it seems like a lot to do with um, significant others, or maybe it's just the coffee shop I'm in. No, I think that's like a lot of that. And then I think with that one, that's where I would get into like, are you on the complaint train? Do you need to break the cycle of complaint? And if you're complaining about the same thing over and over and over again, why? Yeah. Like, what is the root of the complaint? And you can't blame it all on your significant other. No, you cannot. It's like if that when there's chronic ne- negativity going on because of your relationship or like because of your work or whatever it is, like it's like sometimes we need to look at ourselves. Yeah. Sometimes we need to take a quick hot moment and be like, what am I complaining about truly? Right. Where is this coming from? But then it goes back to what you had earlier said. It's like, discomfort okay so it's not physical discomfort it's like emotional or mental discomfort that you're feeling because of something something you know i love the core wounds so let's just tap into that a little bit if you're complaining about feeling ignored where do we think that comes from i don't know tell me danita (laughs) (laughs) it could be triggering your abandonment wound ah Like your needs and your requests aren't being met. And so you're just triggered. And then you just have to start complaining about your partner. Yes. One, what if you feel like your boss is disrespecting you? You're not getting the respect you deserve from your boss. What core wound does that attach to? Unfairly treated. I hear that a lot. Because you just need to express it. Why do you need to express it? Almost so that other people can validate your feeling of victimization. That's it. I need a validation. This is seeking validation for the experience that you have had. And then, I mean, the other one that I would say that you hear a lot about in connection to relationships and even your kids, like, is your rejection wound. Oh, give me an example. Like when you feel, even your family, like your immediate family, when you feel excluded from something. Yes. It's just a direct manifestation from your rejection wound. Yeah. And that person might unintentionally be excluding you, but you take it personally. Yeah, they may think nothing of it. And they didn't mean to exclude you in any way, but this is like triggering your core wound from when you were very young. And then it comes out as a complaint or that they're doing something to you. Then it becomes part of your victim wound. You had mentioned the complaint train. And the need to have to express these complaints. And if it's, of course, like something that's pain or what something that had maybe affected you earlier in life, the core wounds, would you say that when you start looking at those core wounds and trying to make sense of those and heal those, that actually will help slow or stop the complaint train? Yeah, like break the cycle of negativity or the complaint train, for sure. Okay. That's a big part of it is the reflection part. As soon as you realize when you're complaining, okay, for example... The other day, it was like day 25 of my cycle. And that's generally when I let a lot of things out. (laughs) It comes out. And Kurt's like, wow, you're extra negative today. (laughs) And I was like, I just really need to complain about all this stuff. And I just thought to myself, why am I doing it? Like, what is actually? So I said the things. And then I was like, no, I actually need to spend time thinking about them, reflecting on them. Because I said these things and they mean something for me. They do. Like there is something in there. And this is where they become like a meaningful experience. So your complaining doesn't have to be like this. If it's an action that you're doing that you're not reflecting on, then it's a complaint. If it's an action that you're doing 
and then you reflect on it, then it can become like this meaningful experience where you can actually kind of shift your thought patterns and actually shift your life. Like, to be honest, it becomes this small, meaningful experience in your life. And that's the whole point of it, right? Like the goal is to self-reflect. I love it. Make change and shift the way your actions are, the way you think into something that you want. Obviously, we all don't want to sit around and be like bitter. Bettys. <laughs> I feel bad for Betty now. No, I mean, it can be a bitter someone. <laughs> a bitter someone. Okay. He told me this and I was like, oh, fuck, am I? And then I just spent like the whole next day wondering, okay, what's going on? Hey, I love this. It goes back to like serious self-awareness and self-reflection. And the complaints will come up yet again. But then each time they do, you can go, hold on a minute. Let me take a step back, see where this is coming from. And like you said, turn it into a meaningful experience. Eventually, over time, those types of complaints will fade away. Oh, really? Yes. As you begin to work on them and have like this self-reflection and your, you know, beliefs and values, your core wound shift, like everything shifts, that, that means the intensity of them lessens and you're not as affected by it anymore. If you're not triggered by your family not inviting you to dinner when it's, when you live 10 hours away from them. Yes. <laughs> And you always decline anyway, so they just assumed you wouldn't want to go. Exactly. Then it doesn't bother you as much anymore. But you have to do that work to get to the point where you're not as bothered by that situation. I want to touch on one more, just quick, because I that was like the perfect, is the powerlessness. So people complain so much of being like, I can't change. Uh, this is just like the cards I've been dealt. There's a lot of things. There's a lot of things that can hinder or block, you know, people. When people are complaining and they're just like, I can't change my situation. Well, I have to say, you can. And why are you complaining about not being able to change it is because you feel powerless. Mm -hmm. And if you can look at that and say, I'm feeling powerless in this situation, and then come up with ways that you can shift that and do some work on yourself in that, then eventually that is also going to fade. The fact that you are powerless. I had someone request the other day to do some work and, you know, they were just kind of like, okay, well, like a couple sessions and we're done. And it's like, mm, maybe, <laughs> <laughs> but like, it's kind of a lifelong thing here. You work on something and that feels good. And then something shifts and it's almost like your baseline shifts. Yeah. And that's the whole point. You want your baseline to keep shifting. With that being said, I think baseline shifting is a topic for another time because it's awesome. Thank you, Didita. Thanks, Jen. Enjoy your dirty chai. I will. And, <laughs> and we will chat again soon. Talk to you later. Talk to you later. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. It is my mission to help as many people as possible explore the other side of life to find awareness in their truth and learn to love where they are at and discover where they can go. So if you found support and guidance in any way today, I would love to hear from you. The best way is to simply share your love by leaving me a comment on whatever platform you are tuning in from. I will be reading every single one of them. Or you can connect with me on YouTube where I share healing sound meditations 
And you can always learn more about me, my services, and what it is I do at www.gypsyheart.ca. That's www.gypsyheart.ca. I can't wait to connect again soon.